Welcome to Come Alive. I'm your host, Helena Jidovich, and I'm drawn to people who are engaged with life, eager to converse about truth and love, attentive to the people around them, and free to express the movements of their hearts. Here I'll share some of my daily prayer and life experiences of begging God to transform me into one of those people. Welcome along for the ride. Hello and welcome to Come Alive episode 20. We are back in the full swing of things. School has begun. Fall is in the air. Root beer floats are flowing. <laughs> Lots of new people, new faces, new excitement. So the place is buzzing. So all is well in Madison at St. Paul's. A great, great joy to meet so many new people and invite people into our community and to ultimately come to know and love the Lord. Uh, who is so madly in love with us. How amazing is that? Okay, so I am obsessed with the book of Tobit. Um, toward the end of June, it was like the daily mass readings for a while, the whole book of Tobit, which is a book in the Old Testament. And it's toward the end of the Old Testament. It's just a couple chapters before the Psalms. So I would highly encourage everyone to, this week, grab their Bible and read through the book of Tobit. It really reads like a novel, the whole thing. It's only 14 chapters. It is so fabulous. I'm obsessed with it. Okay. I love it so much that probably there'll be a two-part series because there's really two main characters and two main storylines that are happening. And today I want to talk all about Tobit, the main man in this. And he is full of incredible life advice and wisdom. He is a father and he has lots of fatherly advice for us little children in the world. Okay, so we begin um, in the book of Tobit. This man, Tobit, um, has gotten in trouble for doing works of mercy. He's gotten in trouble with the king. So he's like run off into hiding, but the king has passed away. So he's back in town with his wife and his son. Um, but then he gets himself in trouble again uh, for burying the dead. So in chapter two, we see how that happens. He sent his son Tobiah out on an errand. He comes back and he tells him that there is one of our people has been murdered. His body lies in the marketplace where he was just strangled. Tobit sprang to his feet, leaving the dinner untouched and carried the dead man from the street and put him in one of the rooms that he could bury him after sunset. And the next day uh, buries this man. And the neighbors mocked him, saying to one another, Will this man never learn? Once before he was hunted down for execution because of this very thing, yet now that he has escaped, here he is again burying the dead. So here's what happens, Tobit's consequence. Chapter 2, verse 9. That same night I bathed and went to sleep next to the wall of my courtyard. Because of the heat, I left my face uncovered. I did not know there were birds perched on the wall above me till their warm droppings settled in my eyes, causing cataracts. I went to see some doctors for a cure, but the more they anointed my eyes with various salves, the worse the cataracts became, until I could see no more. For four years I was deprived of eyesight, and all my kinsmen were grieved at my condition. So, Tobit, then, after two years of being taken care of by um, a friend of his, then he's back with his wife taking care of him, they get in a big fight, and then Tobit comes in, chapter 3, Grief-stricken in spirit, I groaned and wept aloud. Then with sobs, I began to pray. You are righteous, O Lord, and all your deeds are just. All your ways are mercy and truth. You are the judge of the world. And now, O Lord, may you be mindful of me 
and look with favor upon me. Punish me not for my sins, nor for my inadvertent offenses, nor for those of my fathers, etc., etc. So now deal with me as you please and command my life breath to be taken from me, that I may go from the face of the earth into dust. It is better for me to die than to live because I have heard insulting calumnies and I am overwhelmed with grief. Lord, command me to be delivered from such anguish. Let me go to the everlasting abode. Lord, refuse me not, for it is better for me to die than to endure so much misery in my life and to hear these insults. So the book of Tobit, I think, feels so familiar in so many ways. Here is Tobit, this man who has been a righteous man, who is performing works of mercy, who is following our Lord Jesus, and yet is still finds himself punished, finds himself in distress, finds himself blind for not doing anything wrong, really. And how familiar does that feel? And then to be like insulted for that, to be made fun of for that, to be mocked for that, and to feel just totally depressed and hopeless like in that place. So here's Tobit feeling extremely depressed and hopeless in this place, grief-stricken in spirit. Um, praying for death really is exactly what he's praying for here. And he recognizes that the Lord is righteous, that he is merciful, that he is a good God, and also that he is has had enough, that he would like the Lord to give him some reprieve and take his life. So he is in a dark, dark, low place. And yet, this is a man that is uh, firm in knowing the goodness of the Lord, firm in knowing the truth, uh, of following the way of the Lord and that it really is the only way uh, to live. So in response to this, as a good father, he recognizes, okay, now that I have asked for death, I have to call my son Tobiah to let him know where uh, this uh, bag of money that he has left with a kinsman on the other side of town. Um, I have to let my son know to go get that money so that he can be ready to take care of my wife when I pass away because I, Tobit, have just asked for death. Okay, so this is getting, like, very serious, clearly. Um, and here is some advice. It's called a father's instruction. Here's some advice he's giving Tobiah about his journey um, to go get this bag of money. My son, when I die, give me a decent burial. Honor your mother and do not abandon her as long as she lives. Do whatever pleases her and do not grieve her spirit in any way. Remember, my son, that she went through many trials for your sake while you were in her womb. And when she dies, bury her in the same grave with me. Through all your days, my son, keep the Lord in mind and suppress every desire to sin or to break his commandments. Perform good works all the days of your life and do not tread the paths of wrongdoing. For if you are steadfast in your service, your good works will bring success, not only to you, but also to all those who live uprightly. Give alms from your possessions. Do not turn your face away from any of the poor, and God's face will not be turned away from you. Son, give alms in proportion to what you own. If you have great wealth, give alms out of your abundance. If you have but little, distribute even some of that. But do not hesitate to give alms. You will be storing up a godly treasure for yourself against the day of adversity. Almsgiving frees one from death and keeps one from going into the dark abode. 
Alms are a worthy offering in the sight of the Most High for all who give them. Be on your guard, son, against every form of immorality, and above all, marry a woman of the lineage of your forefathers. Do not marry a stranger who is not of your father's tribe, because we are the sons of prophets. My boy, keep in mind Noah, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, our fathers from of old. All of them took wives from their own kinsmen and were blessed in their children. Remember that their posterity shall inherit the land. Therefore, my son, love your kinsmen. Do not be so proud-hearted toward your kinsmen, the sons and daughters of your people, as to refuse to take a wife for yourself from among them. For in such arrogance there is ruin and great disorder. Likewise, in worthlessness there is decay and dire poverty, for worthlessness is the mother of famine. Do not keep with you over... Do not keep with you overnight the wages of any man who works for you, but pay him immediately. If you thus behave as God's servant, you will receive your reward. Keeping a close watch on yourself, my son, in everything you do, and discipline yourself in your conduct. Do to no one what you yourself dislike. Do not drink wine till you become drunk, nor let drunkenness accompany you on your way. Give to the hungry some of your bread, and to the naked some of your clothing. Whatever you have left over, give away as alms, and do not begrudge the alms you give. Be lavish with your bread and wine at the burial of the virtuous, but do not share them with sinners. Seek counsel from every wise man, and do not think lightly of any advice that can be useful. At all times, bless the Lord and ask him to make all your paths straight and to grant success to all your endeavors and plans. For no pagan nation possesses good counsel, but the Lord himself gives all good things. If the Lord chooses, he raises up a man, but if he should decide otherwise, he casts him down to the deepest recesses of the netherworld. So now, my son, keep in mind my commandments, and never let them be erased from your heart. And now, my son, I wish to inform you that I have deposited a great sum of money with Gabri's son, Gable, at Rages in Medea. Do not be discouraged, my child, because of our poverty. You will be a rich man if you fear God, avoid all sin, and do what is right before the Lord your God. Honestly, I think this is kind of wild that he is so for the Lord, even though he's like found himself punished for doing good works that are of the Lord. This man is blind. This man is feeling He's begging for death. So clearly he's in a really distraught, dark place, begging for death. And yet he's still able to praise the Lord and to give good advice to his son. That is just like amazing to me. Okay, so this reminds me of like when I find myself in moments where I feel hopeless or sad, depressed in a place of darkness. Um, to come back to like these truths haven't changed. The Lord's goodness hasn't changed. The answer is still to follow the path of the Lord, to look back at his commandments, to look back at what he's asked of us, to look back at what is the way, the truth, and the life, and to live a life in that way. And that will always bring us greater reward than trying to find pleasure in any other way or giving into our um, discouragement or despairing. So that is a lesson that I love already from Tobit here, just in that instruction. Okay, then really exciting. Um, Tobiah is supposed to find a kinsman to go on this journey with him to show him the way. And he finds someone and it's actually the angel Raphael, which is 
very exciting and I think will come more next week in that story. Um, so they go off on this journey together uh, to get this bag of money and they do indeed acquire this bag of money and along the way they have um, picked up a fish, a giant fish, <laughs> um, which actually you can see when you're in the St. Paul's Chapel and you look up at the four angels that are painted on the far left there is an angel holding a fish and it is the angel Raphael, St. Raphael, um, who is holding a fish from the story of Tobit. So more of the fish story will come next week but um, he is supposed to, Tobiah, keep um, the gall of the fish because it can cure blindness. So Tobiah and Angel Raphael are coming back home. They've made the journey back home. They're also with Sarah because plot twist, Tobiah and Sarah get married, which is wild. And I think really we'll just talk all about that next week. Um, Raphael says, go before your father with the gall. I'm certain that his eyes will be opened. So he runs up to his dad. He says hi to his mom. <laughs> he runs up to his dad uh, with the fish gall in his hand and holding him firmly blew into his eyes. Courage, father, he said. Next, he smeared the medicine on his eyes and it made them smart. Then, beginning at the corners of Tobit's eyes, Tobiah used both hands to peel off the cataracts. When Tobit saw his son, he threw his arms around him and wept. He exclaimed, I can see you, son, the light of my eyes. Then he said, Blessed be God and praise be his great name and blessed be all his holy angels. May his holy name be praised throughout all the ages because it was he who scourged me and it is he who has had mercy on me. Behold, I now see my son Tobiah. Just imagine this like incredible rejoicing. And it says Tobit went back in rejoicing and praising God with full voice. So this reminder also of like when these amazing like miraculous moments occur the immediate reaction of praising God, of thanking God, of knowing that's who is behind all of what's going on. And look at how certain Tobit is that uh, his son was sent with this gall and it was a miracle through the Lord that is removing these cataracts from his eyes in the Lord's time, but through another person. And they go on rejoicing and praising God and celebrating this uh, wedding celebration part two. Uh, and then in chapter 12, now we are, um, when the wedding celebration came to an end, Tobit called his son Tobiah and said to him, Son, see to it that you give this man what is due, who made the journey with you. Give him a bonus too. Tobiah said, Father, how much shall I pay him? It would not hurt me at all to give him half of all the wealth he brought back to me. He led me back safe and sound. He cured my wife. He brought the money back with me and he cured you. How much of a bonus shall I give him? Tobit answered, It is only fair, son, that he should receive half of all he has brought back. So Tobiah called Raphael and said, Take as your wages half of all that you have brought back and go in peace. Boom. Here we see the extreme generosity. Here we see the almsgiving in action. All the things that Tobit was instructing his son in, here they are together um, acting on exactly that advice, on that commitment to the Lord and what the Lord has taught them how the Lord has taught them to act. So they go on. Uh, Raphael called the two men aside privately and said to them, Thank God. Give him the praise and the glory. Before all the living, acknowledge the many good things he has done for you by blessing and extolling his name in song. Amazing. Here is the angel Raphael to also remind us always to turn our hearts to praise God, to thank him for all of our good gifts because every good gift comes directly from the Lord. 
before all men honor and proclaim God's deeds and do not be slack in praising him. A king's secret is prudent to keep, but the works of God are to be declared and made known. Mm. I love that line. Praise them with due honor. Do good and evil will not find its way to you. Prayer and fasting are good, but better than either is almsgiving accompanied by righteousness. A little with righteousness is better than abundance with wickedness. It is better to give alms than to store up gold. For almsgiving saves one from death and expiates every sin. Those who regularly give alms shall enjoy a full life, but those habitually guilty of sin are their own worst enemies. Ooh, this whole story from Toad's perspective here is all about this generosity and almsgiving. And almsgiving doesn't always have to be money. It can be of our time. It can be of our talents. It can be of our presence, of our commitment to a conversation um, with new people. With We often hear from Mother Teresa and many other psychologists, truly, and all sorts of non-religious people, um, that the greatest problem that we are plagued with in America is loneliness. And I think this goes beyond to other parts of the world as well. But in America, I hear specifically often from these sources that we are plagued with the loneliness. So how are we able to give alms, to think about the other in front of us, to give of our time, to give of our ability to converse, to give of our presence, to give of our care and attention to another human in front of us, in our class, at the checkout line, at the coffee shop, our roommate, our someone new that we see after mass. In all of these ways, how are we able to give alms and, and be selfless, be focused on the other and enjoy um, this full life. So he continues on, Raphael, to reveal his identity. I will now tell you the whole truth. I will conceal nothing at all from you. I have already said to you, a king's secret is prudent to keep, but the works of God are to be made known with due honor. I can now tell you that when Tobit and Sarah prayed, it was I who presented and read the record of your prayer before the glory of God, and I did the same thing when you used to bury the dead. When you did not hesitate to get up and leave your dinner in order to go bury the dead, I was sent to put you to the test. At the same time, however, God commissioned me to heal you and your daughter-in-law, Sarah. I am Raphael, one of the seven angels who enter and serve before the glory of the Lord. Okay, so that's like amazing, this amazing revealing moment. They didn't even know this was an angel yet. Stricken with fear, the two men fell to the ground. But Raphael said to them, No need to fear, you are safe. Thank God, now and forever. As for me, when I came to you, it was not out of any favor on my part, but because it was God's will. So continue to thank him every day, praise him with song, even though you watched me eat and drink, I did not really do so. What you were seeing was a vision. So now get up from the ground and praise God. Behold, I am about to ascend to him who sent me. Write down all these things that have happened to you. When Raphael ascended, they rose to their feet and could no longer see him. They kept thanking God and singing his praises, and they continued to acknowledge these marvelous deeds, which he had done when the angel of God appeared to them. I love this whole conclusion of the story because it is so clear. This is God's will. Your life is God's will. The Lord has divine providence over your life and you are living within his will. If you are 
out of mortal sin. You are praying regularly. You are asking the Lord for what is his will for your life and you're living in that way. And that means sometimes that we're not rewarded. It means sometimes in this life that we go through difficult periods. Clearly, as Tobit was in such a dark place, he was praying for death. And look at how the Lord chose to reward him, to pull him out of that in certain ways uh, in the Lord's own timing and the way he chose to bless his son, Tobiah. And the angel here, also a great role model for us, is not taking this credit, is not taking the praise, is not taking Um, Oh, yes. Well, I decided to come and to save you and you're welcome. And thank you. Please now praise me. No, no. The angel is so aware, clearly, because he's an angel. Um, He is so aware that everything we do, our whole lives, our whole worlds, the whole universe is about the Lord God Almighty. So here he is to point them back to um, praising the Lord. Thank God now and forever, because this is God's will. Praise him with song. They kept on thanking God and singing his praises, and they continued to acknowledge these marvelous deeds. This is exactly what the Lord wants of us. And sometimes he sends these angels. Lots of places in scripture we see angels being sent. Even last week, as we were talking about, um, sends angels uh, for these particular miraculous moments, for these particular uh, beholders of the message for for whatever um, person the Lord is wanting to work in the life of. And here's the angel to remind them to write down these things that have happened to you and to keep praising the Lord. So I was taking this also as such an encouragement of like, okay, let me remember when the Lord has done profound things for me and let me write those things down so I can come back to them when I'm in a dark place. And let me not forget to praise the Lord for all of these incredible gifts and the ways that he's worked in my life. And my gosh, when I think of what I was like a year ago or like two years ago when I first came back to Madison, back to St. Paul's or five years ago, or when I was a student, I'm like, oh my gosh, I just can't believe like the levels and the depths to which the Lord is continually healing me. And over and over, I am like brought back to similar things that like I already thought like, Lord, haven't we like worked through this already? And it's like, no, no, here's a deeper healing for you, my child. And thank you, God, for that. And sometimes I'm in like a dark place and I am really not seeing anything good and I'm going through the motions and I'm coming to pray because I know that's good for me, but I'm really not feeling anything and I'm really feeling kind of cranky about it all. And I just want to like rant about how sad and cranky I am and how everything is wrong. And in those moments, I all the more need friends to be praising the Lord, to be telling me what good things the Lord is doing in their life and not in a way of like, showy like oh my gosh look at me like the lord clearly loves me yay he's paying attention to me this is awesome but in a real way of like this is the lord's will look at this good thing he's done in my life i've done nothing to deserve this and he's chosen to bestow his mercy and goodness and grace upon me and let us join together in praising the lord even though you're not feeling it at the moment you're not reaping the rewards at the moment the lord is still working he is still sovereign and he loves us infinitely and he is still with you right here right now and we can still praise him even though you feel cranky and depressy and sad and low motivation. So um, that's a little soapbox for myself to hear. I'll be playing this part back to myself when I find my (laughs) self moping and ranting to my friends. I'll just replay this little moment because the Lord really is convicting me of this. So um, would you join me in prayer? In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Good and gracious God, I thank you and I claim that you are sovereign Lord. I claim the truth that you, your guiding providence is all that we need in our lives. 
I ask that you would give me the grace, give all of us the grace to surrender our lives, to be little children, to recognize that is the reality of this world. And if we can surrender and be obedient to you, we can rejoice in living full lives exactly as you've made it for us to be. That, that we might not thrash around and throw tantrums and that we would instead uh, wrestle with you in a real honest way, but know that you are madly in love with us and that changes everything. And you are true and you are real and you are for us and that changes everything for us right here, right now, today and for all generations to come. I pray that you would seal that grace in each of our hearts. We thank you and we praise you, good, good Father. Amen. Thank you for listening to Come Alive. I pray that you keep asking questions, keep pondering what is sticking with you from this, and most importantly, talk to the Lord about it in your time of prayer today. If you want to share anything with me and you know me, I'd love to hear it. If you don't know me, you can email me at helenad at uwcatholic.org, and I'd love to hear from you too. God bless you all.